everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. How's the weather, your wife? It is 81 degrees. It's getting warmer. How about you? Uh, it's 51 Fahrenheit or 11 degrees Celsius. So it's definitely getting a little warmer for us. I mean, for you, it'd be pretty cold, but for us, like, this is short weather for some of us. There's no, there's not bad weather, just not enough clothing or something. Yeah, that's true. People think so. Well, I know, like, last summer when it was, like, 40 degrees Celsius here, people were, like, melting. They couldn't handle it, but. I remember that, yeah, because yeah. that was really unusual, right? Yeah, we don't usually have it that bad, but we did that that year. Um, but, yeah. We're here to talk about uh, Gilmore Girls. In particular, we're talking about uh, a very much a fan favorite episode. A lot of people like this one. Uh, and that's season six, episode 13, which is Friday Night's All Right for Fighting. And uh, yeah, Perfect. it's a nice little reference because there's a lot of fighting in this episode. But what's a Friday night dinner without a little bit of fighting? Uh, this episode was written, up a notch. Yeah. Hmm? This was written by Amy Sherman Palladino. So. Oh, no wonder it's good. Yeah. That, that explains it, right? Uh, that also explains, too, why, like, Emily in this, like, she's upset. Very, like, you can tell. But also there's a complexity to her. Like, she's upset, but yep. you know why. And it's because, like, she doesn't like losing control like this. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, she's very angry about not paying for Yale anymore. Cause yeah, cause they don't have that vice grip as much anymore. And we've talked about this on like previous episodes. So like, that's the kind of stuff that Emily in particular likes is that control over people and situations. So yep. now that Christopher has paid for Yale and they don't have that control, that's where she's feeling a little resentful. And by a little, right. I and before mean, they're all... no, that's just my work phone beeping. I forgot to unplug oh, it. I didn't even hear it. Ah, I didn't even hear it. Perfect. Um, but yeah, they were all pro Christopher, and now they're like, Christopher's bad because he paid for you. Yeah. Um, which is funny because yeah, they, they're very pro Christopher to the point where they wanted Christopher to break up Luke and Lorelai. Right. And like in this one, uh, they're like, oh, you know, my father. And he's like, oh, he hasn't really been that great of a father. And I'm like, you were trying to get him together like i'm right confused but right. uh yeah, yeah. narcissists don't make a lot of sense no uh luke is trying to sort of adjust to having april in his life now that lorelei knows um and uh you know lorelei is dealing with this because they delayed their wedding they were supposed to get married june 3rd and they delayed it so okay. there's a little bit of awkwardness there including them having to go tell Suki that they're not buying, buying flowers. Um, okay. And I, I, I still don't understand from the last episode why exactly they delayed it. Why did why did she offer it up? Because I think she, because she was like, herself. there's just a lot going on right now. And she wanted okay. Luke to have like a good mindset going into their marriage. So. But when do they not have a lot of stuff going on? It's Gilmore Girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's always something going on. Um, yeah, uh, Rory, uh, 
is kind of like she's a little concerned about Paris, as is a lot of people, and it kind of reaches a breaking point where like they're bar- they're not getting a news a newspaper out. So Rory kind of just takes charge and she kind of gets the paper out. So with a little bit of help from Logan, which was quite surprising actually, because you actually see Logan be kind of helpful for once. And you can kind of see why people <laughs> people might actually like him because he was very like kind of jumping in, ready to go, helping her, helping her out. Yeah. Um, does it negate what he's done? No. But I thought it was interesting right. that, you know, he was uh, helping him with that guy who was, and he was like, "Oh, you got. We sent you an email a while ago. We should we shouldn't be punished for your server issues," which I'm like, "That's a little bit of that's a lie." But oh, he got things done, so I don't know how mad I can be we, at him. Yeah, right. So we saw a little bit of a different side of him. Yeah, and we also we saw how much Paris can crank up her personality by kicking Rory out of her apartment. Yeah. She's very upset that uh, Rory is now the editor of the Yale Daily News. Uh, Paris's reign of terror is over. And, uh, yeah. She, she doesn't like that at all. But that's, that's Paris for you. And very much like Emily, she's a narcissist where she, she likes having that control. And although she doesn't have it, and in particular it's Rory that has it, I think she's very upset, so... Um, yeah. Oh, we learned and, Dragonfly has a 26 Zagats rating from Emily. She says that, which is pretty impressive because they just opened. <laughs> I don't know what a Zagat rating is, but. Zagat rating is like um, they rate restaurants and hotels and stuff. And if you're in Zagats, it's like a big deal. It's Z A G A T S. So, um, like back in the day before, you know, the Google. Um, you would get a Zagat's guy whenever you went to a city and you would be able to see like what what a restaurant was rated and ambiance and food and whatnot. So so Zagat's rating is big. It's not like it's not the same as like a Michelin star, but it's it's kinda up there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so twenty six Zagat's rating is pretty high, especially for a place that I forget, I think it's out of thirty, maybe. Um, okay. But it's but it, I mean, it just opened like six months ago, right? Or a year? I forget what it is. Guild Not that long ago, yeah. Okay, so like, right. a, it's yeah, out of thirty, so twenty six would be pretty good, yeah. It's like, yeah, like twenty six is like a primo restaurant, you know. So I guess it's kind, it's kind of equivalent to Michelin stars. Like, if you get one Michelin star, that's like a huge deal. But twenty six and Zagat's is like, wow. <laughs> so I was like, well, go you. I guess Dragonfly is super amazing. Yeah. Well, good for them. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, they decide to have a family night dinner and they're gonna discuss, well, there, I guess there was a little bit of confusion because Richard calls, um, Lorelai saying like, oh, they sent back our check for Yale. And, um, obviously we know why it's because Christopher paid for Yale, but, they don't know that and when richard and emily find out there's there's a lot of anger a lot of resentment and that leads to yeah a huge fight a very big fight one that lasts quite a long time like it's almost 10 minutes of the show is dedicated to this fight which is pretty impressive right um, and, and you see richard and you see like the most constrained fight possible you know i mean 
it's interesting to see how they express their anger and Lee Richard when they don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Know, And then Emily gets the classic gasoline mode, which we can talk about. This like part. And then yeah. Michelle's got some issue with Luke repairing stuff at the inn, and gets like, I thought he had a relationship with the with the um, handyman, and that's why he was getting upset. But it turns out he's really upset about the fact that that he and Lorelai don't go to a restaurant together and put together the to do list thing. So it well, wasn't about Luke at all. No. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that was pretty much the episode. Well, most people like it because that fight just is a pretty big fight. What's funny too is it kind of goes between them fighting and them not fighting. And when they're not fighting, you're, you're like, oh, things are finally pretty good. And then it switches back to them fighting. So. Right. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Uh, who was your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode? Uh, the best one, the only thing I can think of is the dog. <laughs> All I came up with. I couldn't find any other performance. I guess like Emily and Richard probably, but they're always like a given for me. And we haven't seen them in several episodes. I think like three episodes they weren't on. So yeah. I'll just I'll just naturally throw in Emily and Richard, but the dog. I mean, that's the point I was at. The worst is Michelle. His accent went in and out the whole time. Which that must be so hard to, to keep up an accent that's not yours. Yeah. Um, but I noticed especially it was kind of going in and out. But his acting was good. It's just the accent. Mm -hmm. So what about you? Uh, my favorite was probably Emily, I'd say. Mm -hmm. I did like Emily in this episode. And like, she got pretty scathing. She had some good, she had some good outbursts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, too, I don't know. There was a phone call from Bette where she was describing something in the house, and it just was kind of hilarious. So I'll give Bette also an award because of, why not? Uh, and then least favorite, April. I'm sorry. I just uh, <laughs> April's just not growing on me. I don't know if she ever will. Um, I share the I sentiment. Remember her from this episode? Hmm? Yeah, she's not in this episode too much but i think she's in it a little bit but yeah but that's how memorable her performance was i'm sorry what were you gonna say I, about i'm her? just i'm not a fan of april i don't know i i think for me like they try to like make her like rory but she's not mm -hmm. and it just right. doesn't quite work for me so they probably should have gone a whole different direction because if they made her like kind of a troubled teenager or preteen mm -hmm. wouldn't that have been kind of more interesting to see if you know well, I guess he's already done that. Luke's already done that with Jess, right? So it would yeah. have been a repeat of Jess. Maybe just make her just a regular kid. Or maybe somebody who is awkward but not intelligent. Or make it make her like uncannily like like Luke. Yeah. Like very silent. Yeah. Right, like that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm sorry. I know some people really like April, but I'm just not a fan. I don't know if I ever will be. Like, to be fair, they, there's only one more season left, and then there's the revival. Um, there's not a whole lot of time for me to kind of like April. But, yeah. It would almost be interesting if they, like, did a spinoff show of her. Like, here's yeah. April. Yeah. 
Right. Well, I and mean, she represents just undermining Luke and Lorelai. Yeah. So I think that's part of the issue too. Yeah, like Christopher, she's like a disruption to things that are going well. And And you don't mess with the fan base. Yeah. You know, so no. it is kind of funny that like people are like Oh, she's very much like Rory. I'm like, yeah. And I get what they were going for with that, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's not entertaining. Like, she doesn't have the charm that Rory does. Like, Rory is a little awkward at times. She's very intelligent. But part of the show was seeing Rory fall in love with Dean or make mistakes with her friends. Like, these very humanizing things about her character. And I think because April's a side character, you don't get that level of depth with her. Like, you don't see April falling in love. You don't see her making right. friends. The times we see her are only really when she's with Luke. And in that capacity, she's just the daughter. She's nothing more. Um, I think that kind of hinders her character a little bit because we don't yeah. see another side to April. We just see this side right. of her that is just the daughter and nothing really more. Right. Right. There's no depth. No. Not like Rory. And they could have worked that in. I mean, I know she's not in it as much in the last two episodes, but they could have made like, some kind of, they could have given her some kind of nuance. Hmm? Maybe in like seasons eight or nine of the show, if they ever happened back when the show was airing, like maybe you shift mm-hmm. from Rory to April and give her that kind of a story. Maybe, but obviously it never really that's happened. But yeah, yeah. I think that's the problem. That's my problem with April is she just doesn't have that level of depth that. Uh, yeah. Rory had early on. And you don't really buy into her. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing no. about it that you go, oh, like you said about Rory, you know, she's charming. Mm-hmm. You know, you're invested in her. You don't really get invested in April. You just see her as like, oh, here's something that the writers threw in. Yes. Which I feel bad for the actress because, you know, she got a nice job and good for her, but I'm sure that she got a lot of hate from fans. Oh, yeah, she did. Oh, poor girl. <laughs> yeah. Poor girl. Because it's just what she, she probably still says. does. Oh, hmm? yeah. I could see that. So. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, what was your favorite reference for this episode? So I think as Lorelai said, good night and good luck, which is um, uh, something that William R. Morrow, a broadcast journalist, has said. And, you know, they mentioned George Clooney up for an award. I believe at the time that this aired, uh, George Clooney uh, produced or directed a movie called Good Night and Good Luck about William R. Murrow, and it starred uh, David Strathairn. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but if you don't know the name, if you see him, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, and so it was kind of interesting. It's like they referenced him twice. Yeah. So, so that was my favorite. So what about you? Uh, Bill, the person who's at the newspaper, says, D-Day, the paper came out. Kennedy gets shot. The paper comes out. A three months of the Geller reign of terror and the whole... Du- damn institution comes from come crumbling down um oh yeah uh which reign of terror was a period of the french revolution so i was like is that a reference or is that just them saying that like i don't know if they meant that as a reference or not i was a little on the fence but we'll go with it i took that as a reference because that's a very specific i believe that that's specific to the french revolution yeah but, like, you could also say that as, like, a reign of terror, as, like, oh, that's just, like, right. she's being terrible. But I don't know if that was. I, maybe someone can let us know if that was or not. Either way, I'm treating it like a reference, and that was, like, three references all in one, so. Because you had D-Day, Kennedy, yep. and reign of terror, so. 
I, I was like, okay. I, I was like, way to go, Bill. You're just really working with the Paladino model, getting three references in a single sentence. Oh, I know. That's like gold. Yeah, they must have loved. They're like, bring back Bill. Right, Bill's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite quote from this episode? Yeah, I, there were a couple of them. Richard, when <laughs> Richard and Emily are just getting into this fight, mm -hmm. he just he just goes, "I love shrimp." Who else loves shrimp? And he yells it. <laughs> That's, yeah. Oh, this is so funny because he's so angry and he's just trying to, like, you know, trying to pull it together. <laughs> yeah. And the other one is um, Michelle complaining about, like, you know, Luke bothers all the people as he's doing it, you know, because he wants his other handyman or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And then he says, you know, and uh, she says, well, you know, why something, something? And he goes, you lack my people skills. Michelle's like, but, like, yeah. Like basically dissing everybody. He's like, you lack my people's skills. <laughs> what about you? Uh, it's not really a quote. Well, I guess it kind of is a quote. We'll see. Uh, but uh, Rory says, I let him pay for Yale. He's my father. And then Emily just burst into laughter. He was vicious in this episode. Wow. Yeah. But that laughter too, that was like evil laughter. Yeah. I loved it. That was like mwa ha 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 laughter. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, behind the scenes trivia for this episode. Um, uh, oh, um, oh, there was a quote in this where uh, Emily says, when you get pregnant, you get married. A child needs a mother and a father. Uh, and that was the same conversation that Emily and Lorelai had in the pilot. You almost wonder if they that actually was. just pulled that from the pilot itself or if it was yeah. re-recorded. But Oh, that's a good question. Because yeah. you don't really see them saying that, so it could have just been dubbed right. in. And uh, it also has been said, too, like when um, when they did the flashback to them being teenagers, Lorelai and Christopher and the parents are talking. Yeah. That seems, it seems like a quote from that time period, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a weird thing where Logan tells Rory that they can quote unquote cannibalize everything for the Friday issue and use it tonight, but the date was Thursday night, meaning that the paper oh. would have been Friday's issue. So how can you cannibalize Friday's issue when that's when they're putting out? Logan, yeah. you're just not smart. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, that was it was a little bit of a weird thing. I'm like, oh, that. You are working on Friday's paper. How could you cannibalize Friday's paper when you were working on it? Anyways. Okay. Is this so where, where uh, Logan and Christopher get along so well? Is that this one or was this the last one? I, I know they one. generally get along. Uh, I can't tell you which episode in particular, but I know they generally. I think it was this one. Because this is when she finds out that they're, this is when Lorelai finds out they're living together, right? And, and no. Christopher actually does kind of, oh no. This, when is that one? Was that I think that's, one? that's pretty far down the road. I don't know. I think it, no, it was last episode maybe. That Christopher, no, I think we're. I think you. Yeah, the Christopher ahead. Christopher visits. He goes to Yale and then. Oh, I think that might be the next Nick. episode, maybe. It is. I think, it definitely wasn't this episode though. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Oh, um, we see an actor called Adam Hendershot. Um, oh, 
and uh, Doyle, uh, the guy that played Doyle, him, him and Dan and Doyle co-starred in a movie called Sidney White. So, they both played actors on the that were on the Yale Daily News, and then they also were in this movie together called Sidney White, which I've never seen. I don't know if it's any good. Maybe somebody has watched it and they can let us know. Oh, it yeah, also it starred is. Amanda Bynes. Oh, which I think she was just petitioning to get half her conservatorship removed. Yes. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, and uh, any mental health observations from this episode? Oh, yes. I so, bet. The, yeah, the whole fight episode. Richard said Lorelai and Rory deserve to be yelled at. And even for Richard, I thought that was going too far. Nobody deserves to be yelled at. But then I was also confused as to why. Because they took Christopher up on his offer to pay. Like, that didn't... I was trying to figure out what... Like, I know that they were being totally irrational, but that didn't make any sense. And then they lost control by Christopher paying for school. And they were just being rude. So I'm not sure why Lorelai and Rory didn't get up and leave. And also, they aren't obligated to go to Friday night dinner anymore, are they? Because Christopher's paying for school. I, yeah, so, I don't think they are, but they said, I think Friday right. night dinners are back on, but I don't think there's any obligation for them to go. It's not like they owe anything to Emily or Richard. Right. So, and Emily is going to have an issue no matter what date of the wedding Lorelai told her. Um, you know, and when Lorelai just gave her a straight answer, she was, <laughs> Emily was really surprised because, you know, it's, you know, narcissists want to confuse you and want you to feel off track. So when you answer them directly... Sometimes they just get really confused. Um, and she did a classic gaslighting move about um, about Luke at dinner. Like, um, forget what the whole thing was, but she kept saying, like, well, you said this, or you didn't say this. Like, I, I forget what the whole thing was about Luke or, like, introducing him or, you know, how they got along, like, classic gaslighting. I can't remember the whole content, but you could just see her trying to weave a story that didn't exist. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then also... Um, Christopher kind of did a solid for Lorelai. Um, and this, I think this is actually looking ahead, probably, like you said. Um, he was doing some co-parenting skills, but I think that's that's probably, you know, like you said, it's probably fast-forwarding. But, um, but yeah, that, that whole... There's so many different subtexts to that fight. You know, there's the lack of control of the grandparents. There's the how dare um, you know, Lorelai and, and Rory talk back to them. There's the whole, you know, they still haven't, they still aren't sold on Luke. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's the whole issue of, you know, they like Christopher now, they don't like him because he paid for school. Um, so there's all these different angles. And I have no idea why they didn't just get up and leave because it was not a pleasant dinner. Yeah. And more like you're trying to start it over, but they could have just got up and left and said, hey, you know, obviously this isn't working. But I wonder yeah. how much it was because they would have heard about it for a long time after. Yeah. From Emily that too cool but that's it uh right i think it's time to rate this episode what would you give this episode a score of i give it an eight i thought it was pretty good especially for the season what do you think uh i'll give it a nine it's probably the strongest wow. episode of the season yeah wow yeah so what was the highlight for you i think it's the fight I think it's just how they shot it and how they kind of just edited it. So you kind of cut away from the middle of the fight and then you cut to them mm -hmm. getting along and then you cut 
back to them fighting. Like, I thought that was... I mean, it's kind of like a complex level of editing that you don't really get for a show like this. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Yeah. Like, a show like this normally shoots and edits things pretty traditionally. This was kind of them getting a little creative, and I kind of liked it. I was like, okay, this is something different for a show. And admittingly, for a season that is not one of my favorites, it was kind of like a, oh, here's something. Here's a little interesting diamond in the rough, so to speak. So we can thank Amy Sharon Paladino for that. Yes, absolutely. All the camera work, I'm sure she wrote that into her script. Yeah. Um, Dan, or Kenny Ortega directed this episode, and he's he did the the one where they were all dancing for 24 hours. Shoot Gilmore's, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, that was one of our favorites. Yeah. So he kind of has a knack for shooting the show a little more differently um yeah then you're used to so um yeah it was really good yeah but yeah i think like it the last also like too like that fight in the last 10 minutes really just kind of sum up everything about the show in a way like mm -hmm. you get mm -hmm. all the interactions you get all like if you've never seen the show and you just watched that 10 minute clip of them fighting you would understand enough about these characters from that one fight alone, right. probably. Yeah, and that's the genius of her writing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I like this episode, and like I said, it's probably the best one of season six. So, in my opinion, at least, it goes down from here. So. Um. Cool. Well, Steph is I'm over. Prepared. Sorry. I'm prepared now. Yeah. For it to all go down. You've been warned. Mm -hmm. Um. Steph is over at stephaniesarkers.com. Gaslighting is her book and Talking Brains is her other podcast. And I'm over at threeandgreenerds.com where almost every other day we have new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Thanks. Uh, as long as I can find the end.